Welcome to the Music Talk podcast with me, Graham Farmer. In this series of conversations, I interview some of the biggest artists, DJs, and producers in the world. I hope you enjoy this series. Let's get into it. Hey. Hi, G. Good to see you. There G, you how's go. your morning? How's the stream going? Hey, everybody. All the way. Uh, hey, guys. The is everyone online? Going good. How are we all? We're really good. We're all yeah, hanging out at Tool Room HQ, so it's been a really fun morning so far. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. Hang on, I keep going off the screen. There we go. I'm conscious of, of talking in front of Ali. <laughs> <laughs> and, we've, and Sophie, so it's just, she's just got her shoulder. Sophia, come in. Sophia. Hey, there she is. It's a nice tight squeeze. Hello. There she is. Good How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Do you know what? I've, I feel like I've, I've emailed you and messaged you so many times wow. that. Uh, Why are you saying this I've, now on live? But, but, <laughs> I've, but, 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 I've, but I've never seen your face. I've never spoke to your face. So it's, uh, hi, how are you doing? Do you know what? It's really nice to speak to your face too, if that's how you want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm fine. Wicked. <laughs> Thank you. Let's get cracking. Ali's story, let's start with you. Yeah. How are you? How Good, are you? Thanks. Um, for those that don't know who you are, let's just, can you just give everyone a little bit of a rundown of you uh, and and everything about you? Yeah, so I'm from a little town in Northern Ireland called Castle Wellin, which no one will have heard of. Um, so let's just say Belfast. <laughs> uh, moved to London 10 years ago. Uh, got into music, about well, into DJing and production about four years ago. Um, my background is music anyway, but I'm classically trained. I'm the music teacher, so I've always kind of had music and instruments in my life. But it was only really like when halfway through my life in London that I started taking it seriously. So yeah, packed up the day job and went and did some music courses at London Sound Academy, which is really nice. good. They do a lot of one-on-one -on -one lessons as well, similar to the tool room guys here. And yeah, it was really lockdown that when I started taking it seriously because I had all the time in the world to produce. I lost my job and everything. So oh, fuck. Yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy year and a half. Everything's kind of going very fast, very quickly. So I'm really, really enjoying the ride and looking forward to 2022. Yeah, you had a, a, some big tracks out of the last 18 months. Let's let's talk about some of those. Smile, Dance March. We'll start with Smile, maybe. Well, my first my first um song was a collaboration with Jaded uh back just before lockdown I think it was um mm -hmm. where she did some work on and did the vocals on that as well and it, I think it got to number seven in the tech house chart so that was the first ever kind of release that it was a collaboration and mm -hmm. then I had a few um album compilation that tracks out on Club Sweat and the Children album which were um Tripping and Waves of Motion I did the vocals on Waves of Motion as well. Um, which was quite fun and interesting project to do because I'm not a singer, but there was no one else to do it at the time, so it worked out. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, my first debut single was with Axtone, which is Axwell's label from Swedish House Mafia. So that was obviously like, huge for me personally. I've been following them for a long, long time, seeing them loads of times in Ibiza and Ushuaia. So, um, yeah, big milestone for me. Um, did really well on Spotify and then that's opened a lot of other doors into obviously working with Love Another and a few other major labels out there which have always been a kind of like a dream so yeah really really enjoying life right now. <laughs> that's huge, Axe Titans, that's huge. Right for, for big things like this we have sound effects so I feel I feel I feel like <laughs> I feel like you should get I feel like you should get one of these. <laughs> Also, we have we have the ultimate. Sound. We have we. Are, I'm a big fan of the Hulk, so we have we have the ultimate smash. Hulk! Big, big smash. Whoa. Smash! These are going to be fans. some fillers in my next release. Then. Great. So you do the vo so I was going to be dumb and just I didn't know whether you did vocals on your tracks or whether you brought vocals in, but you do some on yours. I did. I did my own vocals for my first three. Yeah, I did um, She Lion, Breeds of Motion and Dance Much. Pure, again, just because it was locked on and I didn't know any songwriters, I didn't know any vocalists. I just kind of was messing about and jamming in the studio. Um, then obviously for Smile, which was my actual release, that was actually a splice sample. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure everybody's aware of those kind of platforms where you download all the samples or drums, whatever you want. You just pay a monthly subscription, which is really cool very handy um, and then her name is actually Abby she reached out to me 
um, a few weeks ago or last month because um, she came across the track and she said, that's my vocal. So it was, oh, no it, was, it was already released and out in the world for like, I think three or four months before she even saw it herself because she just um, creates the vocal packs with mm-hmm. the variety that you can choose from. So yeah, quite a funny story behind that one. And then Higher Love, which was up in the last release on Love Another Earth. The vocal on that is actually a Eurovision song, which never got put through in Sweden in the no end. Way. So I kind of got to steal it, which was a nice story behind that as well. But obviously how did, how did, how did that How did that happen? Just working with... I actually had a Kim English vocal on that record. Mm-hmm. And the guys, the label thought the instrumental was strong enough to kind of hold on its own to find an original. And uh, we worked with a few songwriters and stumbled across that one and it fitted perfectly. So yeah, a bit of tweaking and mixing and yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's, we played it earlier. It's a banger. Like, congrats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, and you've just been put all over Radio 1 um, Tune of the Week. Let's talk about that. That's amazing. Yeah, Ariel Free put it up this morning, Tune of the Week. And then I think Charlie and Melvin and Ricky had it two weeks ago as well as Tune of the Week. So, I mean, I mean, it's mental for me. I grew up listening to Radio 1. So it's just it's mental to think how far you can come in a year and a half, you know, from losing your job and being broken, like not kind of taking it seriously but not really because you're kind of working all the time and having not enough time to produce and dj and work and keep a roof over your head so it's um it takes a lot of hard work and determination but you know if you're hungry for it i don't see why anyone else can't get on the same level yeah exactly um that's that's so mental you must like you must be literally heard it, heard it on the radio and go and fuck that's Mental. Yeah, it is fucking weird. <laughs> it's really, really weird. Every time, it's just I'm just not used to it. Just not used to it at all. But again, as well, like you got to remember, whenever you're a producer, you've heard your records so many times, you know. So it's quite nice to like have like all the fresh ears hearing it because I've, I mean, I've had it on repeat for months. I've had that record for over a year before it actually went out and did something. So it's cool. It's cool to see it get. What did you learn from the Axtern release that you've kind of pulled into this new High Lover release? Um, I kind of, like, I have a plan for my music. Like, Summertime was always going to be the more commercial, happy, piano house style. And then moving into winter, I was going to take it a bit more underground. Um, personally, I'm like, underground music is the kind of music I prefer to play in a club. Mm-hmm. But strategically, in an artist's career, I want to kind of build my profile with the more commercial kind of, almost pop friendly music, radio friendly music, grow the profile a bit. And then once you have a little bit of profile, you can afford to be a bit more creative with your music and playful. So mm. now I'm moving into winter, I've got a lot more kind of different styles coming out. I try and make every record different. I don't want to kind of release the, the same record twice. So mm-hmm. yeah, I do have, a, there's a plan to the madness, method behind the madness, so they say. How far in advance does that plan go? Uh, I was in Mexico on January on holiday before COVID happened in March and I sat down and made a business plan really. I had a year, I just made like a kind of Excel sheet for the year and um, mm. set goals, set targets, set strategies, set kind of money. How am I going to survive? How am I going to invest? I've obviously spent years and years before that saving for my equipment. Um, mm-hmm. I gave up a highly paid job in London, dropped a 50 grand salary to... 50 grand on my salary just to get my foot through the door and work for a record label. So you have to kind of take a bit of a hit. At times it's not all plain sailing, it's not easy. But if you have a plan and you work hard to it and you kind of stick to it and you set yourself goals and really, really push yourself and push your boundaries, um, it's, 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 it works. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I, I'm all about that as well. I love that. Um... Well, do you just think it's good to have a plan, isn't it? Like everyone, I think... If you kind of just go with the flow, you risk kind of getting a wee bit lost. And I think a lot of people also pigeonhole themselves into like, this is the only style of music that works. This is my style of music. And people make music for themselves instead of the audience. Mm. So it's about taking a lot of factors into consideration, I guess. So the first the first part of the plan, obviously, is like saying is build a brand and release these more commercial tracks. And then now you're going to go underground. So have you got what's the releases coming up for the in the underground space? Well, I say underground, it's just a little bit kind of <laughs> under compared to the stuff. I, I, I'm only going to do it gradually. I'm not going to go heavily underground. I'm going to always keep myself on the fence with my music. Yep. So tapping into both kind of over and under. 
Um, so I've got a new track just released two weeks ago on Signal Supply, which is Atlantic's new dance label. Yeah. Um, which is I've uh, got a blur sample from Girls Who Like Boys. So that's doing really well at the minute. And then next in the list, I've got another release coming with Love Another in November, I believe. And then I've got a collaboration with Sub on Myth of Nyx. I don't know how to say, is it Nyx or NYX? I'm not sure. Um, not sure. And then another, uh, my most underground record will be with Armada around March time. Sick. So, and so you're spacing those out every couple of months. Line. Sorry? You're spacing those out every couple of months. That's. Yeah, I kind of like just, one of my, Part of my plan is to just always supplement them and have a record out every eight weeks at least. Eight to ten weeks at least. I don't want to ever like have a big gap in my um release schedule. So kinda it's almost like there's too much music there now. It's like six months is booked up and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I have to wait till next summer now to release another one. So Did you make all that all in one go, all that music? Or have you been making it a long way? Lots of I mean, during lockdown obviously was a I mean I just was in this living in the studio the entire time and I obviously lost my job. I work from home a lot, I freelance and stuff. I have a marketing job on the side too, so it's balancing everything. Mm-hmm. A lot, I kind of like would make a project and maybe come back to it in a few months and I've got a bit of burnout. It's really good to take a break, but I think getting a track to 80%, um, it's always the last 10 to 20% that takes it from being good to great, in my opinion. You can think it's okay, but take a break, let people listen to it, get some proper feedback. Don't take it personally, take it as positive criticism. Everyone has different tastes, but I mean, like production-wise, technique-wise, um, it's good to kind of let some of the other expert producers out there and record labels um, let you know what they think. Um, and it's adding that 10%, like the filler sounds or tweaking the vocal or kind of adding that extra hook um, can really, really make a record. Like I experienced with Higher Love, um, you know, the, the songwriters and vocalists there did a great job. Um, let's talk about the, the, uh, the girls and boys. So you, how's that come about? How is that? So that's obviously taking the sample from Blur. Have you had that resung? Is it? My friend actually sent me the Blur tractor and lockdown and said, remix this for me. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So I just was playing around with it just for fun and it just transpired into like what it was. But Blur, um, Blur did clear the vocal on that. So it's the original vocal on that. That got clear and pretty quick actually, which was quite nice because I think Atlantic Warners, they all they own the original rights to the original record. So the mm-hmm. whole process happened very, very fast. It was very smooth and yeah, it's quite nice to get permission to use such an iconic sample. I mean, I think I was four years old when that was charting the <laughs> charting Did you pitch it to that did you pitch it to those labels because they own the original? Was that the plan? No, I didn't know they had the original. Wow. I, I sent them a massive I sent them like thirty records and they were like that one. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I think, I think another label had expressed interest in it as well, but I think because um, they knew someone else was kind of interested and they had the rights, they sold it to me. So they were like, we can get this geared quick. I was like, nice. all right, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, like, taking on big samples like that must have been, like, did you... Yeah, it's pretty daunting. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you kind of want to do it proud, you know what I mean? And I think... Um, I think music evolves so fast and... and and flavors change and tastes change and kind of, it's kind of nice to put like a more modern kind of spin on a on a dance classic. Classic. And then finally, before we speak to speak to somebody else, uh, let's talk about Printworks. You're playing the 29th of October. Mental, yeah, yeah. So this is like my third there? gig since lockdown. So this is going from like playing from 500 people to like 6,000, which is insane. And with with Joel as well, um, Printworks has been probably my dream venue to play up there in my top three. This is the first time. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm still, I can't quite believe it. I'm not, I'm still prepping my set. (laughs) I spent like last week just like sort of like my music and I'm still not, I'm still not ready yet. I still need to figure out um, the rest of the set, but I'm really excited for it. It's really cool. That's that's mental. Thank, I'm absolutely, that's amazing. Well done. Congratulations. Hopefully I get some nice photos and videos from that one. Yeah, where's that fit in the plan? So you also got releases coming out. Will you be content creating as well at the same time as playing? What's how are you going to have someone there? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to. I've got obviously videographer, photographers, and stuff coming, but I want to try and get some um, content of me playing my own music out to like a big crowd. I think that's quite a 
big milestone for any up and coming artist or producer or DJ. So to have like a nice reaction to your music, um, something that's quite authentic. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Wicked. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. Everyone's disappeared. <laughs> and where are they all? No, they're Carly here. Wilford. Let's let's chat to you next. Right. Here she is. Hello, Carly. Hi, G. How are you? How are you? I'm good, mate. Good. How are you? Good, really good. Isn't Ali amazing? I know, oh, incredible. We've got a load of powerhouses today, though, to be fair. This room yes. is like a bit of a crazy space to be in today. It's, uh, it, it must be quite a buzz there today. Yeah, just really good people, huge personalities, though, which you can imagine. It's just really fun. So you've joined my stream before. You joined on my birthday. Thank you for doing that. Um, for those that might remember, um, but I mean, you have been mates a long time. We worked, went to Miami together. But for those that don't know who you are, can you give them a little run through you uh, for the people in the chat? Yeah, of course. Hey, everyone. Nice to meet you. I'm Carly Wilford. I'm a DJ, music producer. And yeah, I've got a track out currently on Love Another with an amazing vocalist called Annalisa Lamola, who is joining us as well today. Um, I've been producing, I learned through the Touring Academy, so I've been producing for just over, I don't know, 18 months, I'd say. Um, I've just had my fourth release or third release, fourth release. Um, and yeah, just loving making music and I've only been doing it a really short amount of time. So I'm still massively learning, but yeah, it's just really fun. The track out at the moment is doing really, really well. And then I had another release come out on Friday with a guy called Danny Reese on touring, um, called This Feeling. And so, yeah, it's just been going really well, G loving it. Absolutely loving every minute of it. Yeah, I mean, last time you joined us, you, Together for Love had just come out on Basement Sounds. That was mental that time, and then that was a big track for you as well. Uh, what did you? How did that do in the end? And what did you learn from that? From to, you brought into the next tracks? Yeah, what's really interesting is that obviously my first release was on the Tool Room album, Leaders of the New School. So that was part of an album release as opposed to a single release. Basement Sound, Australian label with Alex Preston, amazing human. I did it with a girl called Mai Mai, who's based over in America. And that was a single release, so very different. And obviously, when you put out a release as part of an album, you're almost, I mean, all of us together were promoting each other's tracks. So that became really mm. fun. And it felt like you were part of something bigger than, than just your single. And then when we did Together for the Love, that was Mai Mai and I kind of stepping out on our own and releasing that as both of us. So, yeah, I mean, that did really well. It didn't do as well as... Generation X, it didn't do as well as my current release, but mm -hmm. it was a little bit more underground. The thing was, is it's kind of balanced, and I think Alice just mentioned it as well, between, you know, making tracks that are going to get you club bookings and making tracks that are going to get Spotify playlists. And there's such a different vibe with both of those things. And so with Together for the Love, I tried to do something that was a little bit more clubby, less radio friendly, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it did really well. I was really happy with it. And then obviously, well, I then kind of moved towards We Rise, which is currently out at the moment and just smashing it, which is crazy. It's almost like this track is way bigger than the moment that we wrote it in, you know? Yeah, we're going to talk about Rewrites in a second. I, I literally I finished my stream on Friday and switched Danny Howard on and it was being played. And I was like, yes, Carl, go on, go on. Yeah, he's really been backing it, actually, bless him. And again, it's done really well on Apple and Spotify. Um, it just got added to, I think it's Dance Nation or House Nation on Apple Music today um, because the Shazams, every time it's played on radio, just gets these huge spikes. So I think, obviously, Apple and Shazam are, are so closely linked, aren't they? So if you start doing well on Shazam, I think Apple naturally would pick it up. But um, yeah, it's been amazing hearing it on radio on a Friday night, especially because obviously Danny's taken over from Annie Mac on that show. So whenever I hear it, it's really iconic for me because it kind of, I don't know, it, it just makes you go funny, doesn't it? A bit of goosebumpy. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk about We Rise. Tell me about the story about it. Tell me about how it's made. Okay. So We Rise was written in lockdown. Um, obviously before this, I was a full-time DJ. So, mm. wow, did you see the lights just flicker off and on? Um, yeah, I was a full-time DJ. So obviously my work completely stopped. So that was kind of crazy because I was used to traveling all over the world. And then all of a sudden I'm just at home. And I'd done, I started the touring course in the January and it kind of ran through to the April. So it just meant that all the way through lockdown, I was learning Ableton, learning to make beats. 
And I actually did a session with Sarah Story. So Sarah Story, who's now Danny Howard, on Danny Howard show on Radio 1, Danny took Annie's slot. And she's an amazing top liner and brilliant songwriter. So her and I did a session on Zoom and we just had a jam and I've made this beat. And then we just started writing. And the pair of us were really talking about that moment when, okay, right now we're all stuck at home, but the clubs are going to open again. The world's going to move. What's it going to be like? And actually, are we going to go back to what we were before lockdown? Are we all going to be hiding behind our phones or are we going to be more in the moment? And we were talking about when we used to go out back in the day and it was like, at the time, there weren't as many mobiles. And so you and your mates, were, we used to travel up and down the country. You'd go on a Saturday, go and buy a little dress, heels, get your makeup and hair done, probably have a sunbed. I'm still paying for that now. Um, anyway, all of that, <laughs> then go out and I literally rave from Friday to Sunday. Um, used to miss like family dinners and stuff and make some weird excuses as to where I was. <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about when, when all that comes back, are we, you know, are we going to go back to what that was as opposed to, you know, the Instagram generation where I just felt like people weren't really living in it as much and can we make it more about the music? Anyway, that's what We Rise is about. There's obviously, you know, I'm a hippie anyway. Like for me, it's like stuff happens in order for you to learn and in order for you to grow. So what can we learn from this experience? And however bad it is, we are going to come out of it and things are going to be okay and we will rise again. And so, yeah, so that was that. We kind of wrote it and then we were looking for a vocalist and weirdly, like Frankie Wild come together the whole way through lockdown was just my vibe. Um, mm. especially when we were playing it on streams and you're kind of live streaming these really synthetic DJ sets with you and a camera in a room. And um, I remember just almost that track came out. And for me, it was like imagining all these people all over the world, like watching from different places, but still coming together in that space. Anyway, I was addicted to the vocal on it and, and the person didn't appear on the track. So I went on a real geek mission one day to try and find out who the vocalist was. And um found out who it was and I found this amazing vocalist called Annalisa sent her a message just saying like you've absolutely owned this and I really love your voice or something on those lines and just saying how important the track was at that time and when we were looking for vocalists I was going through my Instagram and thinking who can I get to to sing this track and jump on it and and who would own it like way more than what we we created and I sent Annalisa a little voice note and uh the rest is history she jumped on it and absolutely took it to a whole new level. Like, yeah, I feel so proud of the track now. When I play it out, I still get, I get a bit emotional. I still get a bit like, I have that <laughs> moment where I'm just, it's so special. And, and people really react to it. Like people that haven't heard it before, by the end of the track, they're kind of singing it back to you. And that's when you kind of know you're on something, you know? Yeah, I remember when you played to us last, last, you played to us last year, in like last end of last year, and we were just like, fuck, that's so good. Um, yeah, massive, man. Well done. Thanks. Well, it's, uh, it's it's all down to this girl. Here she we'll, is. We'll, ch we'll chat to her in a second. I'm well excited. <laughs> she is such a legend. And we've become mates. And honestly, she's just a brilliant human. You're going to love her so much. Let's talk about finally this feeling, which came up Friday. Um, yeah, this feeling. Let's, let's talk about this quickly, and then we'll jump into Annalise. Um, tell us about this feeling. Okay, so this feeling... Um, is a collaboration with Danny Reese. Danny Reese is one of the ARs at Tool Room. So obviously the whole way through me making music, the poor guy has me peppering his inbox <laughs> with going, can you give me some feedback? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And when I was working on Generation X, I remember sending it to him and he came back with all these notes like this. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh my God, how am I even going to do this? Anyway, we've, we started working really closely with one another um, and he was just really honest and has such a good ear, he's really smart at what he does. And so the pair of us, again, just on Zoom, started collaborating, knocking beats back and forth, and yeah, just started working on this feeling. And I just feel, again, just really proud to do another release on Tool Room. I respect them so much as a label. The team here are just amazing, like literally world-class at what they do. And so, yes, that came out on Friday. Again, it's doing really well. It's got some really good Spotify playlists, like really good house music and I think New Dance Revolution and 
Again, it's a bit more underground. I'm trying to do something that's a bit more commercial than mixed with an underground track because it's the type of stuff I like playing clubs. You know what I'm like, G. I love a good bass heavy house track. <laughs> so however much I want to do the vocal stuff, I want to want to release stuff that's made for the clubs and that really does that. And yeah, like I say, collaborating with Danny is just such a dream because he's an amazing producer, amazing AR, and yeah, it just felt totally right to do it. Yeah, sounds yeah. It's a big club track. Um, yeah, you yeah we've played before, and you do play lots of back, like lots. You go quite dark sometimes. It's quite cool. <laughs> Occasionally, although I yeah. do that sometimes with people, and they're like, if I'm doing it back to back, they're like, Wilfred, can you just claw this back the other way? Please? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got a bit four a.m. and it's only midnight. What else is coming this year for you? Okay, so I have a remix coming actually, which is coming in December. Um, mm -hmm. It's the first remix I've ever done, and. It's coming with Big Zoo and Myra May. Um, yep. And it's a track called I Did It. And nice. so that's coming out towards the end of the year. And yeah, I've just been finishing some other tracks over the last few weeks, hopefully looking to get signed for early next year. So yeah, just loads of gigs, G. The world's open again. I'm out there raving, <laughs> mate. It's so fun. Gigs are amazing. Oh. Like people are just so in the zone. I don't know what you guys are like, but it's just so fun at the moment. Like I've been playing... I did a little like um, three dates at ministry recently and just seeing people back in clubs and dancing and just, you know, having that freedom again was just so great to be around. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's so great to see you all, as always. And you, right. should, I, should I pass on to Annalisa? Is that yes, please. Okay, cool. Yes, please. And then we'll, Here then we'll... she is. Are you enjoying this interview? If you are, consider subscribing to us on YouTube. And if you want to watch them live, come and join us on Twitch. The links below, twitch.tv forward slash Graham Farmer. We have live interviews, AR sessions, demo listening sessions. We get labels into uh, signing records. Come and join us on Twitch. It's good fun. Let's jump back into the interview, though. Let's go. Hey, Gregory. Hello. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Well, lovely to meet you. You too. Thank you for having me. Um, so Les, you've worked on some big records. I was just researching you this morning and I was like, fuck, there's, there's a lot of big records here. <laughs> firstly, firstly, congrats. But, but tell us, tell us about you, like tell everyone about you. Um, I was born in South Africa. Uh, yep. we moved over to the UK when I was about 12. I've been singing all my life. I kind of started singing when I was in primary school slash church. So I did like a lot of like, um, uh, primary school choir stuff uh, and like choir at church um, and then when we moved over to the UK we lived in Plymouth and my friends overheard me singing I didn't really think about singing as a career type of mm -hmm. thing I just because I knew I could sing but I wasn't it wasn't a big deal because my whole family sings and nobody cares I'm like yeah whatever <laughs> everybody they're like everybody can hold a note like we don't care like you're not special so um, when I met my friends in Plymouth they kind of like they um they entered me for um X Factor and I didn't like I didn't know about it so I got a letter in the house and it kind of was like hey you've got an audition and I thought oh do they give out auditions to everybody <laughs> but, <then> I didn't, <laughs> but I didn't realize that um they'd applied for me so my mum was like you know what why not let's go you know you can sing let's try it out and um I think I think when I got eliminated on that show um I was in at that point it was at top 12 in the girls category I, I that's when I knew I was like okay this is what I want to do so let me go figure out how I'm gonna go do it so I went into musical theatre then uh, I went to drama school, uh, moved to London, went to drama school uh, when I was 21. And then I just met a lot of people. I was interning at Radio One Extra and stuff. So I was like meeting people uh, with music. And then I ended up doing session um, uh, uh, stuff, you know, like just vocaling for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, I've been lucky to have stumbled on being part of really major tracks, <laughs> which now in hindsight, I wish I'd put my names to them. But then at the time it wasn't, I wasn't trying to be a dance artist. I wasn't trying to be, you know, a vocalist on, um, you know, house music or dance or whatever it was. Um, I just, I didn't know who I wanted to be as an artist. So I didn't want to align myself with anything that later could kind of put me and like in a, in a pigeonhole. Um, and uh. then fast forward, Lockdown, lockdown came and I had a bit more time away from my musical theatre world, which keeps me travelling a lot of the times. Um, yeah, I just fell in love with writing again. Yeah. 
That's cool. Yeah, I was, I was I was looking through some tracks and I was like, why is she not on? Like, why are you not appearing on these tracks? And I was like, oh no, I hope it. I hope it's not like the the. There's obviously a lot of round vocalists where it's where they're not put on their names are put on tracks. And I was like, I hope it's not that because. Yeah, I just wasn't in a place to like add it to to my repertoire at the time. Um, you know, paperwork wise, I'm I'm taken care of, but I That's just good. didn't. My name, I didn't feel like my name needed to be at the front and. It's only recently that I've kind of like been able to work with some incredible people that ha that I can like be like, I'm really proud to put my name to this because as much as like you could be having an opportunity to work with like, like, you know, huge DJs that are doing really well, for me, mm. it has to make sense. It has to resonate with me because at the end of the day, when you get out there to perform it, I have to believe what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I have to be able to sell it, especially being a singer. You can't, I just, I just wouldn't have liked to have gone on and like started singing things that I don't enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So for me, it's been very important for it to resonate with me and who I am. Yeah, when I mentioned that you were coming on, uh, one of my regulars, Skeleton Keys, made a track with you, and then and then I realised then I realised that I'd actually covered that track and put that track out on for, as the first play, and oh, I was like, fuck, fuck. I, that was ages ago, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fuck, I've, I've known about it for a long time, fuck, cool. They're they're very cool actually, because um, I I met them through uh, Icarus, you know Icarus, right? Yeah. So I did a track called King Kong with Icarus, and I met them on. Uh, the tour that I did with Icarus in 2018, I think. Yes, and we had been saying, I need to get in, I need to get in and write with you. And then um, a lovely lady called um, Lauren Lamont, uh, who was on tour with us as well, was like, Alisa, I've written the song for you. And I was like, what? Girl, say what? And then I heard it and it was just like, yeah, that's me. And then obviously the boys um, produced it as well. Someone in the chat says, uh, if you're a producer, would you, how would you go about finding and contacting up-and-coming singers like yourself? I think, like, you know, nowadays the wonderful thing is that you have YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I also think uh, you need to go to, if you go to Discogs, uh, Discogs has, you know, a, like a log of, like, who's vocaling a track or you can find out who the person, like, say, for example, whatever track and you're trying to find that person. Mm -hmm. do it via that and then obviously like google on um like put it on google or whatever but i would say like you need to just be obsessed with finding videos on either instagram or youtube like really just take the time to to look out for singers and just type in you know like i don't know gospel singer or soul singer or whatever there will always be somebody with a tag on there like that so i think for me, I would say, yeah, just really just do your research all the time. Just it, like it won't just land on you. Carly mentioned Frankie Wiles Come Together. That track was humongous last year. And let's talk about that one a little bit. Still rising. Um, I just, that track, so beautiful, so beautiful. So I was uh, doing session work for a, a wonderful guy called um, Tyrrell and he's at um, Sample Replays. And he came, he came over and he was like, oh, they, you know, they've, they've liked your track. Because I've done so many tracks of, with with um, Sample Replays. And he was like, well, we've got this guy called Frankie Wow, We really like, you know, your voice. We really want to um, feature you on there. And originally we only just did the one verse because that's why you have the two versions of the track now because uh, we had only had one verse on it and a chorus and that was I think that was recorded in 20 early 2019 I think years years get years get years get weird now don't they because of last year it's all like when did I do that what the fuck? <laughs> yeah but it's also for me as a session singer like I you know well I'm not a session singer as such now because I'm you know I'm, I'm doing my artistry now but I think at the time as being a session singer, you kind of tend to do tracks and then they don't come out for years. Do you know what I mean? So oh, like, like okay. sometimes, so like I, but when, when Frankie Wah came out, I'd forgotten I'd sang that. <laughs> <laughs> I only remembered because paperwork had to be signed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So like at that point I was like, oh, I did that. Oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was a, that was a really, really fun one. Uh, Frankie's a wonderful guy. I eventually, he eventually introduced himself over time because obviously by the time the track had come out, I hadn't met him, but he basically had introduced himself on socials and was like, I'm really proud of this track. I wish I had you as a feature. And I was like, it's okay. I was just, I was just in a different space, you know, at the time um, for me not to be part of it. But I don't really regret it because it's one of those songs that I just feel like, 
you like people know, especially my family, like and people that know me, they're like, it's your voice, it's your voice, I know it is. So um, <laughs> <laughs> um that yeah, no, I'm looking forward to doing it live. Me and uh, Frankie are currently like trying to to organize that um because I think the people need it, they need to hear it live. And yeah, and I'd love to do it live as well. But um yeah, that's like a long story short, it was a session um wow. situation. Um, let's talk about We Rise, which you've done with Carly. Let's, I've obviously heard it from Carly's end, so let's hear it from your end and uh, and we can, yeah. She was horrible! Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, um, this was so wonderful because Carly had messaged me uh, a little bit prior to her reaching out about We Rise. She had messaged me saying, hey, you know, I just found out you're the vocalist on um, Frankie Ross track. Like, I really love your voice and blah, blah, and just giving me like some just nice, warmly, sisterly love. And then I think maybe a couple of weeks or maybe a month or so, uh, she then reached out again um, and was like, listen, I have this track. I've just sent you the Dropbox. Like, let me know what you think. I really want you to be on it. So then I read the message and then like two minutes later, she did my favorite thing, <laughs> which is to like, I always, especially with people that I don't know, and I'm about to work with you, I really need to know your energy and, and like feel it. So it's such an awkward time when you're in lockdown where you can't just be like, let's go to the studio kind of thing. So she um, left me a voice note and the voice note was so just sincere and very open and honest. And it was a refreshing conversation to be having because a lot of the times when people reach out to me to do work it's almost like it's almost like they want me to be their worker as opposed to being part of the process and I don't think people consider a lot for you know vocalists that we are artists ourselves do you know what I mean so like um Carly was very open to to me doing whatever I needed to do to make that song mine which is amazing and you know and the label has been so incredible in terms of um, keeping me included in the whole process so yeah all in all I'm really excited and also female empowerment uh, that's really important for me in that industry it's really important for people to hear us and see us at the front um, so yeah for me it's really exciting to be doing my first collaboration with a, with a powerhouse that is Miss Carly Wilford. Um, you mentioned their vocalists kind of getting a second-hand treatment. I, I had the Melody Men on before, and they, sim they were saying this similar thing. Like, I, I did, yeah. obviously, I didn't realise this was a thing. And uh, yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think. Do you know what it is? I think it's because basically, what I always say is, without my voice, all that's happening is like buttons, and not to and not to diminish anybody's. Uh, like creativity, I think people forget that every everything that goes into there, every ingredient matters because otherwise you're not going to have a nice meal. You understand what I'm saying? So I think it's I think it's to do with ego. A lot of people want to have their name at the front of things because it always makes me laugh when you hear all these like uh, wonderful dance tracks that are like really amazing, but you can clearly hear that the the voice is carrying what's happening, and then you don't see people's names. Luckily, in my case, like I said, I. I've had choices and I've made choices not to be part of that, but I do know a lot of vocalists that don't get given that opportunity. And it's almost like, it's almost like they think that if you're part of it, they're somehow losing money. So I don't know. I I, I really don't get it. I mean, it would be, it would be an interesting thing to ask to a lot of producers to be like, what is your problem? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like, what are you saying? <laughs> um, but you know, I, I have been so lucky as well to have had, you know, a wonderful manager uh, by the um, the name Elizabeth Troy, who is a star in the game as well herself. And she's been around for quite some time and she's been the best guide to have somebody that is established in this very industry and understanding how it works and how to speak up or what to look up for. Um, I think it's a wonderful thing. So I think if there are any singers in the room, I think make sure you go out there and find out what you are actually like worthy of and what you're supposed to get. Because sometimes singers don't know what they're allowed to have or allowed to ask for, or you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I think I would teach myself about the business side of, of the industry as well. Um, I was going to ask you about the tips for singers actually the next. So that's, that's a big one. Um, 
where would you ask those? I guess if you're a singer, that's where where would you find that information? Well, for me, I you know I've acquired a lot of books on um, business management, business, uh, you know, like uh, entertainment um, uh, law. Like you can get some books that just basically explains the jargon that you know sometimes when you're reading a contract, it doesn't make sense to you. So like it kind of like breaks it down into like uh, like regular people <laughs> info. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and also just <laughs> yeah, and also ask questions and like just really just go and find people that are doing the same thing like I I always say to people like my DMs are open obviously I'm not you know I'm not always going to be there for everybody but my DMs are open I think it's it's always worth it to go and ask people questions about things like this and don't be afraid just go out there and ask the right things to the right people and yeah Google is your mate Google's there <laughs> Finally, but let's talk about the Adelphi Music Factory tour you're about to go on. Tell us. Um, tell us. I love, love, love the boys. Uh, I've just we're actually gonna we're actually towards the end of it actually because I'm I'm about to do um something else um after. Um yeah, the boys have been so incredible. We did a field day festival together, which was wonderful earlier this year. We kind of been trying to write together for quite some time, and they were like, hang on we think you could sound really good on some of our tracks doing a live PA. And I listened to some of them. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's my voice, but okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of them, no, some of them for real, for real, it's a sample of my voice. So like, I was like, oh, okay, well, let's go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got through that. And then uh, our last date is end of this month. Uh, mm -hmm. because I will then be moving to Manchester until January to do The Wiz. I've just been cast in uh, the production of The Wiz, the musical. So, yeah, no that's what's next. So, yeah, that's what's next for me. And I've also got uh, a track with Mr. Jam coming out on the 5th of November called Kate Stop Now. This will be my second track with the man. Uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to it because this one is like a real... It's not, it's, you know, it's a verse, chorus, verse, you know, the works. It's like, it's my kind of world. He's a good friend of mine. He's amazing. He's amazing music. Uh, Indeed. Yeah, I love him so much. I do too. He's a, yeah, he's a good lad. Good lad. Les, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Bye, everyone. How Hi, Graham. Hey, how are you? Hi. Good, how are you? I'm good, thanks, mate. Firstly, did you see them all scatter and, and get me my throne? I was like, move that, pull that chair there, get out. Don't look in my direction. Yeah, don't breathe near me unless you brush your teeth. <laughs> for, for, firstly, how the bloody hell are you? Because I saw on, on social media that you've gone been through some sh some shit the last few weeks. Some SHIT. Do you know what? How, I'll show you exactly how I am, Graham. I've got a blue badge with a press shot as the image. Look at that. Wow. Put your hand behind Look the camera. Look how cool that is. That's Put your cool. Hand behind the camera, you Wait. Too. That's. Oh, no, that ruined Forward. it. Forward. What I'm saying is. <laughs> oh, I can't teach them anything. What I'm saying is. I've got the best blue badge in the world that's just posted on my front of my car. <laughs> nice. So you can park You're park anywhere. I can park anywhere, yeah, but also it says SL, link in bio. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, let's get to it. To my car. You're awesome. Amazing. So you're back, yeah. you're back yeah. there to SNL. No, it's not better, Graham. <laughs> to say it was, I showed you my badge. Got oh, 12 no. months of this crap. Okay, let's <laughs> let's crack on. Uh, you've, <laughs> you've had some mega releases recently. Uh, and obviously we've supported you on DT for a long time. Like I said before, it's it's great to actually talk to you face to face, -to -face instead of just by messenger or by email. Isn't it? So um I feel like I feel, I feel like, like we've like, been pen pals. I I do as well for a long time. <laughs> I was like scrolling back and going, fuck, we've been covering for fucking ages and I've never spoke to her. Yeah, it's like so. You and Sophie are really good friends, aren't you? Actually, no, we've never met. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> no, we are tell friends, though, Graham, aren't we? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Let's tell everyone about you, uh, if you can, from your end, and tell us your backstory. Yeah, tell Tell everyone about me. Is this like a dating profile? Like, how do you want to do it? Just like let's just talk about walks. your previous releases and where we got to today. 
Okay. Um, you know what? <laughs> I don't actually know where to start. I've only been doing it for like five years. It's not long. Yeah. That's that's all I've got for you, to be honest. You're going to have to be what? specific and I'll answer you. you. Okay, okay. So you've had some big releases on some big labels, Tool Room for, for starters. Tell us about those releases. Tell us about where, like, tell us, you had the first one, you're running on Love Another a while back. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, Love Another, uh, they're Tool Room's sister label, aren't they? So I started yep. working with them when um, I went under management with these lot and started to find out about the label and Sean, who runs it. And I really liked where he was going with the label. So I, I produced Running when I came out of a breakup, actually. So unlucky to the girl that dumped me, but lucky for me, they got millions of streams. And yeah. I gave the track to uh, <laughs> I gave the track to Sean for Love Another, and it did really well. And it's kind of like Love Another. I really like the label because it's like my vibe, piano y house, and you know, very light and something for everybody. Whereas Tool Room's more underground, so I like that I can switch between both. Yeah. Um, in which in which case the Tool Room release that you talked about that's coming out in like on the main label in a in a in a couple of weeks. I didn't realize you got one. That's called What's the Tool Room? Tell me about the Tool Room release. Yeah, there's a track coming out called Love Vibration. It's very Dennis Ferrer inspired. Um, nice. It's quite it, yeah, it's really really different. It'll be something different um, for the label, but it's really really catchy, kind of a hip shaker. I guarantee if it comes on in Asda, you'll drop your trolley and you'll be like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will though. It's sick. Talk to me about your process of making these records. How? Where do you start? What? What's your? What's the starting point for you? Where do you? And then how's it develop? Right. It's no. It's no um, secret that I've got ADHD, so I don't like. I get really overstimulated by going out and speaking to people. I know it seems like I'm really cool and calm, but I'm actually not. I'm losing my shit a bit. So, I just okay. like to sit in the. <laughs> I just like to sit in the studio away from everybody, and yeah. I'll spend like sixteen hours in there, and I'll just like smash out tracks just like every day or whatever and then I'll send them over to Paul who's my manager and then he'll just get them out to eat like basically since I've been signed to the, with Paul he just gets them distri distributed to like all the labels for me so all I have now have to do is just concentrate on the production side of it which is so much better for me it's like less overwhelming for me to deal mm -hmm. with people so yeah I just spend all my time at home secluding myself lonely <laughs> 10 cats Are you okay <laughs> yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm fine yeah. how did that happen you being on their management i didn't realize that happened yeah um i think during lockdown um george andrews kept in touch with me over the past year that i had and he was just like mm -hmm. talking like keeping me um involved with the music side of things because i'd already released the franchise on tracks and mm -hmm. he's just always like really supportive and always wanted to hear new music and then he was like um asked about management and at the time i just i wasn't sure where i was going with it because i don't know it was just a really rough year um but then after speaking with tool room like uh a and r for a little bit i, I decided it would be best to talk about going into management with them mm -hmm. and then he introduced me to Paul Gardner and then Paul ended up saying I was the best he'd ever heard and it was better than anybody else he'd ever worked with and better than any other music he'd ever heard in in like a decade I think that's what he said and then just decided to take me on that must have been a nice feeling after that year yeah, it, it was really nice year. A really nice feeling. It wasn't a nice year. Nice feeling, yeah. To be honest. And um, so, so then that when that was last year. Yes. And then you've had more releases on Love Another Again. You're looking for. Tell us about that one. Oh yeah, uh, looking for has come out with Danny CW. Um, I don't really clap with a lot of people. Like I said, I get like overwhelmed. But Danny, mm. he's a friend of mine, so I get. I'm quite comfortable and we get each other's music style. So I thought I'd bring him into the mix because I'd say 50% of my tracks are with Danny CW. Um, so we were going to send it out to Sonny Federa, but they'd mm -hmm. already, Sonny, Sonny's label had already chosen, I think, like three other tracks. I love another. 
I'd heard it first. So we were like, okay, well, let's give this to Love Another because it'll be a nice follow-up to Running. So yeah, we gave it to, to Love Another. I, I feel like the ones that we've placed with Love Another like fit really, really well and they're doing so well. Yeah, I, yeah, I do as well. They've, the music-wise and from where they are as a label now, it seems to be, it's, yeah, you're right. They do fit perfectly. It's great. Yeah, quite quite happy with the turnout, to be honest. And Running Running Sound had a 1.3 million streams. Yeah, I think they're all me though. <laughs> Jean repeat. <laughs> Just leave it on. We go to bed. Even yeah, even the Shazams. Oh, what what's this song? It's me. <laughs> I'll just Shazam it. I think it's had like ten Shazams. So I think they're all me as well. And you mentioned you got some room for Sotoko. Is that are they coming next year? What's the plan? Yeah, for yeah, I've got um, a fair few releases up until April. I think it is. Uh, well, we've got tour room coming up in on the twenty sixth of October. I think it is or something there about. Got Solo Toko after that. Got love another after that, good company after that, and then back to Solo Toko for two other releases which we haven't found the dates for, and then in between all of those, about four remixes. Wow, I've been I've been busy. With your, uh, are you going to be able to tour those, or are you are you stuck? Obviously, you're injured, so are you are you going to be able to tour those, or are you is it going to be just releasing music for Time Boom? Uh, no, I am kind of. I'm not meant to be. But I'm kind of starting to like move around. Um, DJing, I haven't tried it yet. I'll be trying that today for the first time. Um, I don't. <laughs> I think talk, we'll see how it goes. But I think by next year, I know we've got a good few months, and and my recovery is kind of like it's going up like significant amounts in a positive way, like per day. Mm-hmm. Instead of having like four days where I'm really bad, it's now flipped and I'm having like four days really good and like one day really bad do you know what I mean so I think by like January when all the sets properly start coming in and I'm DJing like twice a week or whatever I think I'll be fine by then if not I've got crutches or a Zimmer frame even I've still got that padded chair as part of your rider yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) we're laughing but it's true I don't want any booze I just want a really nice padded comfy chair yeah (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about adding like a puppy onto my rider as well. Do you reckon they'd have to give me it? Well, I mean, it's there. I mean, you might as well. I, I always think of like if we're, with riders, you have to ask for about the most stupid things possible to see if they can actually deliver it just just for shits and giggles. Oh my god, though, if somebody delivered a puppy, I'd be absolutely buzzing. I'd lose my shit. But then you'd get one every gig, though, which then you'd have. Oh to my god, then I could create a business. It'd be called Puppy Love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for chatting to me. Let's we get the others back in and we can listen to some music.